Hey, 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 this is Mary at Mary Unapologetic. Um, today I have uh, Jenna Jaro. I had her, I believe, a while back. It's been like probably, what, three weeks, a month ago when we did the last podcast together. And so, Jenna, you want to introduce yourself? Aloha. <laughs> um, hi. <laughs> hi, listeners. I'm Jenna. Mary and I are relatives, and our hope is to just, again, more knowledge share and yep. give us, um, share um, some key pieces, some takeaways, and if anything, spark joy, spark more creative ideas for you, and um, if anything, we just want to educate and inform and then um, inspire as well, so thank you for having me for another episode yeah yeah well well, I brought you in Jen because um, for one thing we both have experience in working for small to mid-sized to big corporate office and so when you get to that level where you're working for a corporate office or you know corporate company you know what I mean corporate yeah it the the culture and also um, the atmosphere is different than you, you know, when someone is working for, let's say, a mom and pops kind of company. So the reason why I brought you in is I figured we'll share some knowledge here, you know, what we've experienced in the past, as well as my topic today is it's business, basically, you know, from starting, you know, let's say creating wealth to um, businesses usually have code of ethics. So we'll, we'll start first with the creating wealth. Okay. And then, yeah, the only reason why I want to touch, you know, touch base into this kind of uh, a topic is that when technically, if you're like starting a company, you want to like, figure out what's going to be a hit and what's not going to be a hit. And from my experience, I realized that there's so many possibilities out there for business, right? I mean, I have thought about going into this business, going into that business. I mean, if you open your your mind into the possibilities, there's so many ways you can create money. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's endless possibilities. Yes. Endless, endless, endless. And um, a lot of times an idea is just generated, it's born out of a sheer frustration. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so... Um, in my experience, partnering with business owners and leaders and, you know, the heads of corporations is they'll share their story. And, and a lot of times it's, it's around how they can make something faster and efficient, you know, a time saver type ideas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and businesses or, you know, and services, or it's literally born out of frustration. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So why don't you take us through, um, What's my, you know, where my mind our, our first talking point that you want to, you know, share, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about like, for example, this was back in 2008 when the economy went bad. Okay. And that was, uh, that was the first time Mike and I own a home. And so obviously it has something to do with the, um, interest rate, you know, at that time, when we purchased the home, I was thinking, okay, I'm just going to get in there and then later on basically refinance to more of like a, 
like a lower interest rate as well as more of like a fixed rate because when we went into it, it was like an adjustable, you know, interest rate. So obviously as a first time homeowner, uh, this was my game plan. And then the economy went, <laughs> then at that, that time I lost what equity in the home and I was like, shoot, what do I do? I mean, hopefully I have, you know, I was like thinking if I just have the resources financially, I would just pay it off. So, so I came up with this idea, oh, I'll call my friend who's actually have a business that maybe she wants to uh, lend me the money. And then we'll obviously there's going to be a contract there involved. And then I'll pay it off within a couple of years, maybe with, a, like, I don't know, $10,000 or $5,000 or even like a $2,000 um, return for her. You can't make that in, um, in an investment, you know, let's say a, um, a stocks or even like um, savings account. You don't make that in one year or two years because it, ta- it, it takes time for you to make that pr- uh, profit or they call it interest rate, you know, the interest that you've gained with your um, investment, right? So I thought, I thought that was be, I thought that would be like an enticement, you know, to, you know, to get her enticed and then she would go for it, but she didn't go for it. So that kind of uh, what people do now for uh, real estate is that they actually go to, you know, like, let's say, for example, me, I want to purchase a home that I'm going to rent out and I don't have the money. So basically, it could be like three of us investing on this, or either that, if it's just me, I could borrow money from two or three people or even just one person. And then in return, I'll return the money back within two years or even a year, whatever the contract is. And then with an incentive of paying that person like lump sum of money, right? So I thought that would be a good investment. And this is what you call other people's money. But I don't know, what have you heard about? stuff like this, Jen, have you come across something like this out there? Well, I think there are businesses that that's a business where people do that. You know, each, each, they have their own LLC, whatever. It's like just a business under their own name, or, you know, sometimes it always has the word lending on it. You know what I mean? Mm. So, um, I personally didn't, didn't do that, but I mean, this is a good way to share that if they're for listeners who are entertaining, um, buying their first house, mm-hmm. you know, cause we we're, we're probably seeing, um, it go into where it's not going to be a seller's market. You know what I mean? So the, I guess for first time homeowners of people who are going to maybe wanted to buy a house in the past year or two years, even past three years, like 2017, 2018, when it was still a seller's market, maybe those families, you know, kind of held on to some money, but then if you don't know that there's options to look at third parties or businesses where you can do that, or again, hit up a relative, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But again, you know, there are businesses like that. And then there are um, like small groups of people that they want to do business in that, in that model, in that fashion. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. I came across, um, few people that are actually doing that you know they're lending their money to their friends or someone they know and then in return they get a return you know for lending them the money you know so it's like almost like a direct thing it's not like going to the bank but then it's it's like um i think it would be a win-win there's also people 
there's also people that do that that um, lend, um, you know, they lend money to some people. Again, they're just net. They're working through business, and they said, "Okay, I'll give you whatever ten thousand dollars." That maybe that the the group of guys are gonna buy a house and mm-hmm. then they're going to get the house and then they're going to flip it. And the person lending the money was like, okay, you'll pay me back. And then how about, you know, I get a little cut, you know, or they mm-hmm. say in the terms like, Hey, I'll pay you back. Um, and then since you're doing us this favor, since we don't have, we're not in a financial position to do this, you know, when we flip this house, we'll give you, you know, a tiny percentage. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know business arrangements like that too. Yeah, well, I could have used something like that in 2008. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, you know, 2008 was the Great Recession. So. Exactly. So yeah. so everyone was like, you know, everyone was, was in this uh, bind financially. But it all worked out because what I did is I negotiated with my investors. Luckily, the people that owned my loan at the time were, you know, they it's not like a big bank. It's actually investors. So I negotiated with them and it all worked out. But... You know, at that time, that was like, what, 12 years ago? I thought that was just my idea. And it was, for me at the time, I've never heard of anyone doing something like this. I thought it was bizarre. But then now, fast forward 12 years after, some people are actually doing this. You know what I'm saying? They've probably been doing it earlier. And then maybe you just were so head down focused. You know, if you're not looking for it, you're not going to know about it. Yeah. If you've been in your lane too long and just, you know, you're, you're head down grinding trying to expand and, and next level your own little small medium-sized business that you know what i mean I, I i'm a true believer of like if your attention and energy and focus in one area you're not going to know about all these other things that's happening in the world you know what i mean unless you're actually in it right in it, or you're yeah. you're or you're following it or you're just watching the market and you're following it, just you're literally like following business yeah like that is your sport you're following business and you do it as it's habitual it's like one of your hobbies I, bo- I brought it up because this is one way you can um, create wealth. You know, whether you're on the other side, the one that's lending the money, or you're the one who's going to borrow the money. Because if you're borrowing money, obviously you're going to flip that house and maybe rent it out or fix it up and then resell it and gain some profit from it. You know what I mean? So that's one of the way you can create wealth. Another thing that I came across with, Jen, is this... Um, Facebook support program. Have you heard about it? Um, the Facebook support the, program? Is that the the thing I sent you? Was that during COVID where um, I think I sent you something on Facebook? I don't know if it was called that per se, so I could be incorrect, but I sent you something and it was through Facebook that they were offering support to small businesses. Uh, and I saw it and I, I sent it to you. Again, I don't know the name of it. I don't know if it was even uh-huh. the right thing. No. Why don't you go ahead and share? Okay. I'm sitting here and I'm absorbing all the information that's out there. So I was like, wow, they have come up with something like this now that if you're a video creator, let's say for Facebook, you can actually create, uh, you know, you you can actually create wealth by having your supporters support you and give you money. It could be a monthly sub- subscription. So there's so many possibilities out there now. It's not just like you being stuck in this one mindset, you know what I mean? Or one thing that you think you're going to make some um, money. So there's so many things out there that you can go into to create wealth. So so I know some people, you know, that are just like, all they do is just like uh, 
do social media like Facebook and then create videos. And then if you're a video creators, they can actually um, pay you by putting mm-hmm. stuff out there, you know, and then yeah. one of the stuff that well, that's I, what, that's the YouTube influencers. Mm-hmm. That's been around well, now, for a long time. Like, well, now Facebook is doing it too. Cause I yeah. think that's what they were trying to kind of like uh, follow. Right. Okay. They're probably yeah. thinking, Hey, if, you know, because some people are, fa- you know, strictly like what YouTubers. I haven't gotten into that yet, just because I'm so busy. I have so much on my plate right now too, with the kids and the business. I can only do one social media at a time. I actually have two: Facebook and Insta. But I'm more on the Facebook rather than Insta mm-hmm. because, Correct. yeah, for your personal reasons, that's your platform of choice and your preference. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I want to get into ins to the Instagram stuff, but I, f- you know, like I, it's just one of those things that I have to learn more about it, like mm-hmm. to, to do some videos and put it there. I think there's a time well, limit. The, the, the teacher and the mentor for that is going to be your children for Instagram. <laughs> yeah. They're going to, they're going to mentor you on that. Well, Mike too. Mike can show me because no, Mike, Mike yeah, is Mike, like, yeah, our <laughs> dent time. Yeah, Mike, Mike, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He's all, he's covering that. That's his side house. Correct. Mike. Yeah. That's his, that's his thing. You know, that's his platform. But the, the mm-hmm. thing is, is that, He's so busy. It's not like, hey, can you sit down with me and go over this with me? Seriously, the only reason why I want, you know, and and the reason why I went and sign up for Instagram is because my mindset on this is that I'm going to put some swimming stuff there. So that way it's like a one way of me showcasing the kids with their swimming. Mm-hmm. You know what right. I mean? So that's the only right. way. I mean, that's the only reason. I, other than that, I don't need to take selfies all the time and <laughs> showing myself yeah. out there right. <laughs> right. or, or something. Cause I already have my Facebook. Uh, yeah. I mean, you on the well, other hand are on Insta or Snapchat, right? I don't, um, Bella does. My daughter does Snapchat. I, I never got into, I do Instagram, but I don't post. I do Instagram for my pop culture and what's happening that's kind of my news feed and in the world and Ah. and, you know things that I like people I like to follow whether it was um um whether it's celebrity or mainly in honesty it's like travel Uh and um and you know research and then again music and then clothing um you know so fashion and then um spiritual um figures and mm-hmm. then um and then you know friends friends are on there yeah. yeah but you know looping back to creativity and creating wealth if we want to cut to today and like what's happening now i mean what what it is the reality is it's life at home so for those of you who are you know wanting to pivot in a new direction or swivel to something new or expand or let's say you're have a business and it's kind of struggling and you're like ready to just innovate and and launch something else I mean think about ways of creative ideas because everyone's at home and even if the world is partially opening up majority of our times at home it's not even the same so people are still very um, selective and um, apprehensive about just you know, still dining into places and there's only so many things that are open. So if you think about everyone's life is at home, I think what I saw personally as a, as an idea is, um, 
um, phone, phone accessories. And I'm not talking about like cases. I'm talking about everyone's at home, how people can be using their phones more efficiently around their house. So even if you're doing from a tablet or a phone or even a laptop, so even like laptop stands and laptop desks, like that's just well, an opportunity that, that that's going to be a, a good avenue. And then the other thing is everyone's at home. So, I mean, comfort, comfortable things like hoodies or t-shirts. So like you could find out where you want to source it, but if you just kind of want to launch your online business, like t-shirts, hoodies, that's, that's always going to be a staple, you know what I mean? And then you make it your own way. So, I mean, just like ideas like that. And I mean, I found myself baking. So if you can think of like things like baking around the and kitchen, sell it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, accessories around baking or if there's a way you can, you and know, you can even sell it online. Right. I mean, all no, you have I'm to do about, is just a website. I, I'm talking about online businesses. Yeah. So things like that, you know, so yeah. someone may just run with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like well, for- then also, like you said, you know, again, to your audience or any listeners or new listeners, Again, if you're kind of behind, way, way behind, and, and if you're kind of now dabbling in YouTube and you feel like, hey, I'm going to just take a risk. I'm going to do something out of my comfort zone. If you're going to start video uh, and vlogging yourself, and if you have a specialty, again, um, when, when you hear the word creativity, I want the listeners to know, like, the myth is it doesn't mean creativity has to involve art. You know, no, so no. Some people it's think, just oh, creativity equals not art. Well, no, art is, of course, part of creativity, but that's not, the, you know, the no. truth. It doesn't equal art. So, like, if you're, if you're someone who's a handyman, or if you think, oh, I don't think um, the service I provide is um, interesting enough, or if it's, if you, if you are too judgy on yourself, and you think it's too boring. You don't think, you know, there's so many DIY videos. So start with the DIY. And some yeah. that, I mean, I find myself that's my my resource. I'm always DIY. I'm always researching. You know, well, again, for your listeners, I mean, YouTube is the encyclopedia, like to know how to, a how to, a DIY, yeah. um, well, like, like know, creative ways and, and just educate yourself. We're pointing to areas where you can go to research if you're super, super old school mm-hmm. and archaic. Well, Jen, it's almost like, um, in our industry. Okay. So people want to, um, because there was like a conversation between retail and dealerships, okay? You know, obviously some people have an you know have a, an opinion and say, hey, let's focus on retail. Oh, some people, oh, we're not there yet. I'm gonna focus on dealership first. I mean, there's no right or wrong of approaching it, but for me, the way I look at it, if you can be good at both, it's a benefit for a company because if retail is slow, then dealership will probably kind of like be there for you to give you, you know, to give you a business to create the, you know, create the revenue that you need to pay your bills. Because at the end of the day, the bills doesn't stop. It's you can yeah, still coming. Yeah, the bill still coming. So if your retail is slow, at least you have the dealerships, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that in our industry, they want to like, st- get away from the dealerships and start focusing on retail, which is, you know, that's good, but don't just totally eliminate dealerships. That's just my opinion about it. You know what I mean? For those people who's doing um, dent repair, I think to do both, it will be good. So that way you have all this, um, you know, different um, sources of income where it's coming from. Yeah. Multiple streams. Yeah. And you know, what's very kind of norm now, a lot of people have, 
uh, a little side gig or a little side hustle. Mm-hmm. You know, people just really need to like think things through, you know, where they want to go, how they're going to do it, what they need, etc. You know, figure out the logistics. Now, like uh, another example, you know, I've seen it in my industry where people are just like, oh, okay, it's slow. What do we do? Well, if it's slow in retail, why don't you go and canvas out there to get more accounts? You can approach body shops, dealerships, small and big, you know, or you can even do car washes. You know, you yeah, you have to get into action. You have to go to them. Yeah. You got to look at all angles and just expand your your lens and, you know, go wide and deep and far because there's so many avenues to get to people. And um, yeah, make it happen. Basically, what I'm trying to say is make it happen. Don't sit around and thinking that something's going to land in front of your door, in front of your front yeah. door and knock on your door and say, hey, I'm right here. No, you got to go out yeah. there. You have to have a bias for action. You have to have a bias for action, be intentional and deliver it. And, yeah, and, you, you got to go out there and create the wealth. You know, that's why I want to tap into this. Now, another thing that I was going to um, um, mention, on. yeah, or touch on is that this mergers and acquisition. You remember in the uh, corporate world, you know how some small companies, they basically either merge or they acquire a big, uh-huh. you know, like a company mm-hmm. that they think is profitable. So they will mm-hmm. buy it. But then mm-hmm. most of the it's times. so often. It's, it's, yeah. And then very, most. Very, very, It's happening daily. Well, <laughs> I mean. With the huge giants, with the giant companies. I know. I mean, and look, look what happened with, um, uh, what is that? Kylie Jenner. Remember she sold part of her, um. Ownership yeah, stake of her business. Yeah. Forbes. Was it Forbes? Yeah. Well, no, Forbes, the one who listed her as one of the billionaire. But I'm just saying is that I think it's the what company? Cody. Cody Makeup. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. They're, they're, okay. I think they're, this Cody company is so big in the makeup world. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they saw that Kylie Jenner's business is profitable. So they basically bought into it. But then Kylie Jenner is, you know, just because they bought into it doesn't mean that she's not going to be part of it. She's still part of it. She's still like, you know, probably because she's the face of the company, right? But they just like uh, merge and kind of like collaborate. So that way, I don't know, they're probably trying to, you know, Cody's probably trying to expand their reach, right? As far as Um, also the influencers. So Well, first of all, they're trying to stay in business. So they had to, you have to find those partnerships or or get into those type of business transactions. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is kind of a known thing. It's like, if you don't stay relevant and current and follow like where the attention, well, well, first of all, if you're going to be in a business, you want to be in it for long-term. Well, they've been in, they've been in business for a long time. I'm just saying the person, like if we're talking about the person, the individual Uh on the other end, who's listening, like, you know, it starts with, Hey, am I going to be in this for the long run? The long, it's a long-term game. If you're, yeah, I mean, yeah. look, at, look how many years it's like, so um, if you're going to, if you're doing it just in the interim, just be comfortable with getting a lot of rejection and, and failing. And you have to be a, a comfortable with failing because the people that have made it have life lessons and learn lessons in business that they've fallen on their face and failed so many times. And then it was this, you know, the 10th, business um venture was the one that actually popped Mm -hmm. um 
So, you like, know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, in general, people, businesses that, that are emerging and require it's because whoever, if I, if I was a business, it was probably my intention in my whatever 10 year plan, like, Hey, I want to grow it to this uh-huh. revenue and uh-huh. then I'm going to sell it because I'm going to move in a different direction and take that you know, if I, if my company or business was being bought out, I'd be like, okay, cool, because I'm going to swivel in a new direction, but I'll take those, that equity, that money and, um, you know, maybe put it to the new business. So a lot of times people are setting themselves up so they can exit and then either, you know, kind of go on a gap year or two years or go on a major hiatus and then again, come back in and, and launch another business venture or be part of partnerships where they're investing it into other businesses or either that they probably saw you know kylie jenner's company very profitable and they want to you know get in there too for a long-term plan right long-term yeah to be sustainable yeah you know what i mean like where where i was driving earlier was i mean people like toys r us i mean you know they're they're out of business yeah who knew this pandemic so i mean there's people are businesses are suffering starbucks has to close hundreds and hundreds of their locations and storefronts Nordstrom. So it's just, um, do you think you know, that people, has... right, people as we speak, speak are, are, are adjusting and they're moving in a different direction because they absolutely have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about, um, you don't think that maybe the reason why Starbucks is closing, it's because now with the pandemic, we, we are in the new normal. It's not like you can just hang out in the small coffee shop anymore. And, you know, how are the, how are they going to stay profitable if their place is already small? And then we were supposed to have what, six feet distancing yeah, once. They're going through some challenges. Y- yeah. I think it's just like business. Businesses hit hard times. There's highs and lows. So they're going through a excruciating low. And, but you, then, you know what, again, this is just interim. They're huge. They're a giant. So it's like, okay, they're giants, so right so now, I- this year, 2020, we're going to shut down these, but you never know what, 2021 will bring 2022 and they could come back up. They could have a come up. Well, Jen, you know what they can do? They can probably just do like a drive through. You know what I mean? Like, well, their drive through business is still strong, but yeah. yeah, they might have to just have open up a bunch of, um, you know, so the other one, um, drive through. Yes. Um, uh huh. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those, it's going to work. So it's going to flip. It's going to go from uh-huh. instead of in house customers and clientele yeah. it's going to be all drive-through it's going to so be like drive-through drive yeah it's going to be popping but you so. know what jen that could be like a profitable th- uh, business for them you know why not just a, not i mean it's not just them still creating wealth or you know having some revenue coming in but they're not paying as many people anymore working for let's say uh you know a a location, you know what I'm saying? Like a Starbucks location where you have to pay all these people and all the other bills that comes with it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So that would be more profitable for them. So moving on to uh, starting a business. Well, so creating wealth and then starting, (laughs) I know. (laughs) So there's the creating wealth and then they're starting a business. Okay. First of all, um, you got to have the right strategy, correct? Like, I'm going to give you an example. Remember, um, I, I believe it was like, what, a year and a half ago or a year ago, I, it was New Year's Eve and then the family was here and I said, hey, you know, Mike, or, you know, I was talking to the family and I said, 
I put it on my husband's attention that I want to open up a boba place in my city, in my area. And then my husband want to, doesn't want to go for it because he thinks it's a lot of work and we're already overwhelmed, which is, you know, I kind of agree with him on that one. So, but then I figured if I have people running this boba place, then I really don't have to be there and hiring the right people. So Mary, share, share with the listeners why. Yeah, no, no, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Yeah, I'm going to get into that one. So I was explaining to you all, you know, the family, where my mindset on this, I said, first of all, the city, the city where we live, there's not a lot of boba place here, you know, like a, a Thai tea kind of like boba place, you know what I mean? And then the fact that that's number one. So I said, this will be the perfect time because there's not a lot of competition. Then secondly, we have two college schools here where there's a lot of um, college students. What do they do after school? They go hang out in a coffee place or like a boba place or even just get some boba place and go back to the dorm or go somewhere else and hang out, right? Or do you even do homework? Now, remember, this is before the pandemic. So, so this stuff right here is like, Pre-pandemic, yeah, pre-pandemic <laughs> stuff, yeah. The only reason why I'm saying this or I'm mentioning this is because obviously we talked about Starbucks, how they're like closing some of their stores. Well, this idea that I have with the boba was like pre-pandemic. So then some of the family members were like, well, what's your mindset on this? Did you figure it out? I said, yeah, I figured out the logistics. I said, here, I'm trying to convince them. I'm trying to convince you guys. So I laid it out my plan there. So I said, I found out. It's, you don't need a lot of money to start the boba place. As a matter of fact, it's only $25,000. Startup cost. Startup cost. So which is good because that's attainable on my end, right? I mean, if I want to invest on that, I can, I can, you know, I have that source uh, resources already. And then if I, let's say, and remember, I think I was, I approached Pia. I, I said, Pia, you want to be part of this? Then... You know, so 25 split it in two. That's very, very attainable. You know what I mean? So I was like, hey, we can do this. And then who knows? Maybe it might grow and then we might open multiple places. You know what I mean? Multiple um, bobo place. It's a never, uh, it's like, a, what's that, what is that saying? The sky's the limit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With this um, idea. So, so I said, so what I found out is that I figured, I had to figure out the logistics. So I figured out how much it's going to cost me. Then you know, how about manpower? Well, I can hire like those college students or even high school students to man the store. And then what do you do? Just pay them minimum wage, right? And then um, I I was going to make it simple. So that way it's not hard. And so I figured, okay, it's like a small store. It's not going to be a big one. And then to bring in the money, I'm also going to add other stuff to it. Maybe some kind of like a, um, what do you call this, um, finger food, right? Like chicken wings or one of those uh, chicken tenders or even like maybe make some pancit, you know, the noodles. Because, you know, after school, kids are hungry. They go to what? Small stuff like this and we want to make it affordable. Found, you know, well, not found that. I also already know because I did my calculation. For every boba that you buy is 
what, between four to five dollars. And if you're a family of four or a family of five, right there for one family, yeah. well, they're spending twenty five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's like going to Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. So that right there is twenty five. You know, it's twenty five dollars. So to keep mm-hmm. the cost down. Easily. Yeah. So to keep the cost down, and then if you have all this other stuff that you're selling, then it's doable. You're going to make profit because um, some people, I think Mike said, is that even profitable? And I said, yes, of course it is. So I even went further and researched it that I need to sell this many boba in a day, you know, to cover my expenses. And then the people that's going to be working there in order for this thing to work out, because those are the logistics you need to figure out, you know what I mean? Before you go into it. So I'm the type of person that when I have an idea, I, I have to f- have everything figured out already so I can be confident going into it and not stressing and being, you know, insecure about whether it's going to make money or not, whether it's a bad decision or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I want to be secure. So I figure out all of that stuff before I go into that stuff. So anyways, so that's, that's my, you know, talk about strategy. That was my strategy. You doing the right strategy. Some people, they go into the business because they feel like, oh, I feel good about this, but they haven't figured out the logistics. They haven't figured out how they're going to do it, how they're going to execute it. Now, remember, business is only successful if you know how to execute it. Oh, a hundred percent. It's all in execution. Yeah. So because everyone has ideas, it's just the ones that you're actually exactly. So there's so many ideas out there. And then again, if it doesn't work, you just keep going. (laughs) You do your other idea. Uh huh. And then and then you can't be afraid of afraid of failure, and you can't be if you dislike no. Then the entrepreneur starting a business is not for you. (laughs) I did my research, and then I presented it to him. That's how it is in business. You know, when you're thinking of an idea, you have to do your research. So that way, when you present it to even, let's say, if you're in a corporate world, if you present it to your boss, you have to have all this information laid out already. Other than that, you're not going to convince anyone. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. And then, all and right. then the fact that I was, you know, I was thinking, hey, originality. There's not a lot of um, bobo place here. They have like a, a tea place or a coffee place, but. Not a lot of boba place. At that time, I think it was like, what, a year and a half ago, two years ago, there's only one place and, you know, in the city, in my city. And so I was thinking this would be the good time now. You know what I mean? Before everybody start thinking about it. So right there, that's yeah. like, for me, that's originality. Here's the thing. Originality in business will take you far. I think what it is, is what you do is you have, you, you move through and you carry out your creative idea and then what it's about being original unique and rare so if there's a rarity and you what really sets you apart and be a differentiator like how what's going to make you different than the other boba places so it's like opportunity you saw okay you see these boba places happening it's missing in the scent in the in the southern california area and it's specifically in your zip code and um um it's kind of on trend, right? And then it's like, this would be location, 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 a prime location. And um, boba places are just popping up all over, all over cities and towns, um, especially within the big malls too. 
Um, and then since then, another individual and business person thought of those ideas. They're probably already in the works. So there's what, two boba places? Well, probably well, within your zip code and nearby. Yeah, but then the boba place that we have here is only like, um, it wasn't even a boba place. It was like something else. It's not like uh, bubble tea, you know. Bubble tea is basically boba plus tea, you know. But mm. they didn't have other things to offer besides the drinks. They don't have finger kind of food that they sell, you know, or mm. that oh, they have no there. Food there. No, there's no yeah. food. You know, that's why I said I can offer this because after even the high schoolers, you know, after they're done with school, they come out of school hungry right so they snack so what do you do so you have something like this it's going to be a hit so that's why i throw in like hey i'm gonna have puns sit there you know no one has offered that that yet you know what i mean so they have it where you can get tea and food there's a couple spots in um well no that's what i'm saying in in mira mesa there is in mira mesa but that's like 30 minutes away from me you know what i mean so So in my city or in my zip code, we don't have that yet. So if I were to open a boba place where I also offer finger food, you know, like the chicken wings, the Filipino food, or even the pandesal. Pandesal, by the way, folks, it's like, how would you explain that, Jen? The pandesal? It's it's like a dinner Um, roll that's like really, really. Yeah, yeah, sweet. sweet, Yeah, Yeah. we eat it for breakfast. Yeah, it's a Filipino. For breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Yeah, it's a Filipino uh, sweet sweet roll. roll. Yeah, sweet bread. So with with even the pandesal, you know, I'll I'll probably cook it in the back. That's what I was thinking, you know, get the recipe because our family makes those. So make it and then it will be good for high school kids if they want to put like something in it, you know, like peanut butter or whatever, Nutella. It's it's like I'm like I'm gonna cater to what the public needs in my area. So that was like, that That was like, that's my idea. So I figured no one offers it here. It should be a hit. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why I and said it could, originality. It could, still, it could still be your idea. Maybe not in 2020, but going forward. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the meantime, there's three boba place here now, but I don't think they serve food. During the lockdown, the boba place is still open because like oh, I yeah. said, you know, I mean, it was like for takeout. So they well, were like, like making were money, going to Starbucks. Yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, you know, and then and you don't need to have like a big uh, storefront for that. It could just be a small one. So your um, lease or your rent's not going to be that expensive. So opportunity, opportunities everywhere. I know. Right. So anyways, opportunities, possibilities are everywhere. So if you get in that mindset mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then just do not be so fearful you know i mean a lot of people they're so afraid and it's all based around fear and and so it's like just well well the launch 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 into action yeah well the question is you know i mean because like business there's a lot of things that go into business like now i'm gonna go into um an office setting you know like a let's say a mid-sized to corporate world setting when you get into that level you know, there's a marketing department, there's, you know, a department that deals with customer service, R&D, accounting, sales, et cetera, et cetera. So, and, or either in also operations. So when you get to that level, then it's a big, what it's a, it's, it's basically a big company, you know, cause I've worked for a company where there's like 500 to a thousand people working for that company. So it's a lot of all these personalities put in one organization. So 
there's tend to be like some kind of a drama or you know what I'm saying so <laughs> that's why I, I know you try to stay away conflict. from that yeah. you know I know you try to stay away from that so ba- basically what I'm saying is that business is like depending on if you're going to start small and then go big these are all part of it you know what I mean the, the question is how do you promote your business so I t- talked about um, you know I'm going to talk about like social media so Jen do you want to like you know, like, for example, Facebook, it's been around since, what, 2006? You can, like, promote it through Facebook. You're the expert on Insta and what's your um, platform that you prefer to use? Snapchat? Well, in, well, no, not Snapchat, Instagram. But oh, I, Instagram. I, use link, I use LinkedIn. LinkedIn and, is big and, and it's been around for a while. LinkedIn's been around for a long time. Um, gosh, I've probably been on LinkedIn for about 13 years. And I think um, it's gaining tremendous momentum it probably mm-hmm. has been for mm-hmm. the past 15 years but then all the people that need another avenue to expand their business and they want to widen their reach and have engagement and they realize okay even if I'm a small medium-sized business I need to get on this so people are just now within the past two years are, are probably getting more active on it because LinkedIn now is is where Facebook was in the early years and so that's in the that's another, you know, avenue. And I, you know, in terms of technique and engagement, um, I mean, like I shared with you on the other episode, um, if you're, if you're starting a business or even if you just want to gain ideas and just kind of network with people again, uh, make use of that pound sign and the hashtag and whoever and start following, start following, um, people that are in business, like whatever business sector, industry um region you're interested in arena just go start with your research and follow some people that are influential that are that you admire and then follow them and then even if it's in your backyard in your local city you know you're you're branded on linkedin if you what you do is you just literally like what they post something like it and then comment and then draw more attention to because they're gonna if, if if they're managing and looking at it, they're like, oh, who's this person? I'm curious about, and then that could, that's how it sparks the engagement. Well, not only that, what businesses are using now, especially well, it, it could range from like small business to big business. They're using social media, you know, now because it's free marketing. So if you, 100%. yeah, it, it's not like back in the old days, what, in the early uh, 2000 or even in the 90s, we didn't have social media, you know, you have to spend a lot of money on marketing back then, you know, big companies, they really put some money down on their marketing. But now it's like you could be a small company and utilize social media as your marketing tools to kind of, you know, sell your business, right? right. Sell your service, sell, sell your company. Yeah. Yeah. But in order to for people to to um, you want to be consistent, you want to post every day or a few times a day. You know, again, it's just engagement, being consistent, being deliberate. And, um, you know what I mean? Like if you're again, if you want to just like reach out and learn, I mean, if you want a little um, a little tip, if you're like new to Instagram, what you could do is you can literally um, when you open it up go to places and then nearby places and then just hit a location and then just start looking. You can even put a hashtag on whatever you're interested in and find out who's posting in that area and like, and then 
um, you know, generate a conversation. If you're on LinkedIn, uh-huh. again, yeah. if, you, if you're really moved by what they're posting, like it, say a comment, and then they'll probably hit you back. And, and now um, text message marketing has opened up for businesses. So what you find is a lot of these influencers, a lot of businesses and, um, you know, celebrity they're giving out text messaging numbers. So they probably have a separate phone and basically they're like, Hey, hit me up, text me. And they've started their own text messaging community, text messaging marketing. And so what that does is it gives you closer visibility to your loyal customers and followers so that basically they could see it in real time. Cause maybe your followers, um, your loyal followers, followers and customers are not always on their apps, but uh-huh. they're going to look at their tech. They're going to look at their mess, their text message because Studies show this is like years ago. Um, text messaging, the the percentage of a person, an individual opening a text message, is ninety seven percent. So yeah. basically, ninety percent of ninety seven percent of your audience are going to open a text message between one minute and up to fifteen minutes. Yeah. So talk about real time. You know that I, I I've been following. I've been on someone's text messaging community a business figure since last year. Yeah. So they send me, you know, yeah, some of it's spam, but I get to choose, but talk about a following. And so that opened up for businesses the past year or so, and that's becoming a huge trend. So that's totally like your brain, you know, that's already yeah. dropping some serious gems down on these listeners. I don't know if you know about that, Mary. Um, I know you sometimes, I know that's more like Mike's arena. He probably already, I mean, maybe he knows that he's heading that way to the text messaging marketing and building your text messaging community, but that's been opened up for business. And, but that's going to be a lot of time as well. Yeah. Well, you're, you're speaking, engagement. you you were speaking about um, real time that just something just pop up in my head, like a uh, Periscope. Periscope is an app that turns your, uh, Live into a live broadcast. Yeah, no, no. The Instagram live and Facebook live and LinkedIn has live. Uh-huh. So you don't actually have to go on um, Periscope. Periscope. Well, yeah. you can always, I mean, if you have, if you know, or if you have knowledge that these are the three platforms that you can, you can compare and figure out which one works for you. You know what I mean? Because you can, cho- you know, you can pick and choose whether it's Facebook live, Insta live or the, the Periscope, I'm just saying, yeah, it's just like, it yeah. just pop, you know, because you were mentioning earlier that, hey, um, real time. So I was like, oh, live broadcast. Mm. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I brought it up. But there's so many uh, ways you can market your business through social media. You know what I'm saying? Um, another thing, I think what I was like uh, also thinking is that, you know, some people is like, how do you really create wealth? Well, you know, I mean, where what do I need to focus on? Well, some of this stuff too, Jen, it's like, um, I actually have, a uh, a friend who's an investor and every time he's talking to his broker and trying to move stocks, mm-hmm. he has a driver and this is like, this is like a true story. And so anyway, so my point is the driver learned from his boss on how to invest. And then from there, you know, he knows where to put his money or also invest because if he's, you know, that's, this is why the only reason why I brought it up is because, you know, open your ears. You, you, you don't know what you're going to learn if you're listening, you know what I mean? So from him listening to his boss, putting some money or stocks, you know, I mean, buying, you know, what to buy as far as stocks, 
then he's learning from that. And then he's kind of learned where to invest the money. I'm talking about the driver listening to his boss. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. 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 It's your environment and who you hang around, who you, who you surround yourself with. Or, or having the right mentor, right? The right, yeah. the, you know, the right mentor should be like um, a person that's like going to be good for you. Who's going to make a positive impact. I mean, impact in your life. You know, I mean, obviously if you hang around with losers, you're going to end up a loser. If you hang around with bad people, you're going to end up bad, right? If you if you're hanging out, if you're hanging around shady people, then the next thing you know, you're doing shady things, even though that's not you are when you first started hanging around with these people. Well, but, even by association, it's like you're going to be with them, <laughs> even if you're not. You know, you you could be at the wrong place at the wrong time and with the wrong person. Exactly right, and then and then if you're surrounded by this shady things all the time or the, the the way you know people think you know it's like backward or not right then eventually you'll become like them because it's the normal that you see every day or you know if you're hanging around with those kind of people so hang around you know i think it makes a difference when you hang around with the right people right absolutely yeah yeah hang another thing that okay so we're talking about like who you hang out with so the Lamborghini and Ferrari, they have like a club. So if you buy a car, if you want to network, let's say you want to buy a Lamborghini, you get, you know, you get to be in a club, a Lamborghini club or Lamborghini member because you own the car. Mm -hmm. Then if you want to network, you go, you're invited to go to this or you're welcome to go to this event and you can network with those people. So it's, it's about networking. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's why it's about networking. It's about networking and then the network of the people and social networking and, and hang around with the right people. And yeah, what you're, what you're an enthusiast about, you know, a lot of wealthy people, they want more material things and they want flashy things and they want to flex and they want to have like a series of cars. Yeah. Well, not only that, Jen, wealthy, they usually have a one Lamborghini, Uh um, a Lamborghini and a Ferrari and uh-huh. a Bentley. It's just yep. kind of like a line of all the, all yeah. the luxury uh, and exotic cars. Anyway, yeah. so moving on. Let's move on to um, yeah. some of the stuff that I came across with in my industry, you know, the PDR industry. is like, how do you find um, people that will, you know, that, you, you know, for example, I told you um, the last time we did a podcast, I have a friend that was looking for um, an office manager. How do you find good people how do you find a good you know hardworking person how do you find let's say a painter or mechanic or something or someone who's going to run the office so this is your expertise because it's all about vetting vetting a person so what do you say Jen I mean obviously I have a, a thing that for me it's like qualification like when I was looking for a body shop paint you know a painter i had to put an ad out there yeah for 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 these listeners that yeah share share your process because that yours is going to be way more relatable to uh and then i could just speak in general more high level okay so Um, but walk us through yours because it would be more relatable and value to the the listeners for this okay so that way so okay so basically what it was is that i figured okay i cannot just go if I go with referrals, then I have to meet with the person and, you know, do the vetting, right? But uh-huh. I want to also try something else out there because I want to get um, more 
different kind of applicants rather than just one person specifically. So I put an ad out there when we were looking for a painter. So when I put an ad out there, I was like filling it out if I'm going to get like some kind of a feedback. And, and if I do get a feedback, was it a good feedback or a bad feedback? So once I put out an ad out there, I'm very specific of what I'm looking for. I want only those serious applicants to apply. I don't want my time to be wasted and I don't want to waste their time. So I was specific on my, uh, what I'm looking for. And then once um, somebody called me by just talking on the phone, I was already pre-screening the person. Mm -hmm. And then I said, look, he's a contender and I like the vibe, you know? So that's going on with our conversation at the time that I was like pre-screening him over the phone. And then I said, I want to meet you in person. So I met him in person and I gave all these scenarios. You know what I mean? I'm like pretty much straight up and transparent, laid out, you know, this is what it is. This is what the position is. Possibly it's going to go like this. This is the pay. And then there's growth in the company. This is, you know, basically this is what I'm giving you. And then this is what I'm expecting, what I want to you know, get from you, you know, what I'm expecting from him. So in your, in your, in your discussion and in your exchange, when you're, you know, having a discussion and conversation and asking questions and Mm -hmm. responding and replying, Mm -hmm. did you ask, um, again, part of vetting and what I could chime in and give my two cents is, is, uh, to, to ask, um, and be curious about, um, you know, how they've done stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. how they arrived, mm-hmm. what was their thinking. Mm-hmm. So it's very much a behavioral based, mm-hmm. behavioral based mm-hmm. Because, well, here, here's what it is. You like, give, tell, you, me a, tell me about a time, you, you know, just start like, tell me about a time, you know, this was a situation for you. How did you handle it? Well, no. F- well, first of all, yeah. First of all, I asked his qualification. He said this, anyone can say, hey, I'm qualified, right? They can be like. Well, no, not if you say behavioral, behavioral, question, behavioral, well, I did um, both, Jen. Targeted que- questions, because then it's like, tell me how about a time you handled this, and here's the scenario. Well, it's it's both, but in the beginning, when I was pre-screening, I was, you know, I was asking, okay, how long have you been a painter? Who do you who did you work for? Is it a small company, a big company? He, you know, he told me right away, and then he said he's got what. 10 plus years experience in painting. I said, okay, Mm -hmm. this is what he said, but is that really true? I don't know. So I'm going to go move forward or further with the interview. And then I did that behavioral thing, you know, like if you're in this scenario, what would you do? Or, you know. Tell me about a time (laughs) where you were overwhelmed and you had, you know, three complaining customers, you know, well, I how, usually, do you, how do you handle, how do you manage stress? How do you yeah, tackle that's, when everything's hot? Now that depends on the position. If you're hiring for a manager, those are the kind of questions you would ask. But for my painter, I usually handle the complaints. I don't have them handle any complaints due to that. I know how to de-escalate the situation. They're not trained to do that. And the only reason why I know is because I work in customer service. My first job was what? Kmart? Yes, folks, I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> oh I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> it's Kmart. And guess what? Mary. Now that I'm older, I'm like thinking working at Kmart gave me the experience to deal with different scenarios in customer service. And yes. Difficult, difficult. Yes. People are difficult. Yes. And I had, you know, how to deal with irate customers because they're trying mm-hmm. to get the the discount and they're saying, no, I found it in that bin and it's supposed to be discounted and it's not ringing up discount, you know, discount price. So 
yeah, I know how to deescalate situations. So that's why I said, I'm going to deal with that. This is what I just yeah. want you to do, do for me. Yeah. So it depends yeah. on the person, but obviously if I'm going to oh, hire... And the position for sure, yeah. Yeah, so obviously if I'm going to hire a manager, that manager needs to know a lot of this stuff, how to do operation, you know what I mean? How to deescalate a situation, for, you know, especially if you have an irate customers, yeah. all that stuff. So, so cycling... Cycling back to the painter, so then you followed up and asked him to have a second interview, or you, or you went from phone to in-person interview? I went from phone to in-person, and I'll tell you the only reason why I went the in-person, because I want to see, you know, he might probably did well doing a phone interview, and I don't know how he is face-to-face. So, And also, body language tells a lot of stuff, right? Correct. Yeah, it gives it away. So if you know how to read people, you can read them in a lot of ways. So I wanted to see, you know, and if I ask him a question, so let's see how he answers it. Right. That's how you know. You know, that's how you can tell also when someone is lying or when someone is just winging it or when someone is just, um, what's the word? Um, last time we talked about it, someone who's like uh, shady and pretending. You know what I mean? Because you said oh, you've dealt... imposter. Yes, imposter. imposter. <laughs> that's the word. That's the word you, you used, imposter. Remember? You said they, yeah. they interviewed well, but then once they worked for you and then you guys were training them, then you found out they're lazy, correct? Yeah, just during, um, we needed him to step up and mm-hmm. then he was he uh, was making his coworker do all the work and, and he wasn't contributing. And I was like, this guy, is this person's lazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He interviewed so well and mm-hmm. got the job and then didn't even give us anything even fully per- performing he was just lazy yeah he didn't <laughs> yeah you know it's a learning lesson because you're gonna have high you're gonna have bad hires you know yeah I mean? sometimes people just interview so well yeah or they're or they're so exceptional at one company and then by the time you hire them sometimes they're not performing as strong and you're like oh did we get this person when they were burned out like what happened well <laughs> well see that's why that's why on the resume you know they they basically have like you know um past employers that they've worked for you ask them why they quit or why why he's not working there anymore and if and if and you can also see a pattern if they've only been in a company you know today's with today's laws like companies can't blackball you so it's very it's very you have to be very careful with employee verifications and employers check people can't it's it's a different world today there's a they're lot not of, doing employee verifications anymore they are but you can't like the person can't sit there and blackball the person and, and well they can just answer questions right yeah so basically yeah the person that's checking their specific questions and a lot of times people are like i could say yes or no it's yeah. just very it's a different world it's people it's, are, I, they have to follow up you know there's a protocol and uh-huh. you can't you know what I mean? Yeah, this is you can't be discriminatory. There's just all this. It can be complex. And in all honesty, it's the world today. You almost I mean, people still do reference checks, but it's not it's not like the end all be all because I mean, it's come to the point where people are like, well, of course, if we call your references, they're gonna, they're like me, like you call references, they're going to be your PR person. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going well, to they're, you're expected they're going to do glorious and rave about you. But then so there's always going to be once you get in the job. I, I'm a I, I'm a fan of I support like, hey, you know, what you're looking for if you're a hiring manager, business owner, you I say you hire you hire right away, especially if you have a good process and you you, you they move through your channels and they're impressive. I say you hire them. And then the moment you see a couple things, it's just like, okay, you're just not, it's just not a match. Yeah. You, I say you terminate and you, you part ways and you let go of them faster because 
I've seen it all too many times where people have hung on to employees and it's like they really should have. Oh, no. No, you don't want to do that. Months and months ago. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that because. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to. you want to disengage and, and, and um, let go and, you know, fire people right away. The moment, you know, especially, you know, you don't want to be wasting time with the wrong uh, with the wrong person. Match. Yeah. Because yeah. in the so, long run, you're losing money. You yeah, know what I mean? In the long exactly. run, the way business works is that if you're stuck with an employee who's more of a hassle, yeah. you're costing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, co- yeah. the com- it's then, costing the, the company more money. People, people still hang on for whatever, like, oh, that person. I don't know why. That's a thing that people, that a lot of employers have to correct because it's like, oh, loyalty. Well, yeah, fine. Loyalty, they worked out. But now, you know, they're not really performing and we're not just going to have them hang around just because it's someone's friend or someone's relative. It's like, hey, we're in business, no. not personal. This is business. So if we well, have to let you go, I'm sorry. We could still be friends with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jen, that's why the resume, if you see someone like on an applicant who moves from job to job within like two years or, you know, three years, and then you know that there's a pattern going there, then that's giving it away that, hey, something is going on here. Why is this person well, or why is this person? Model. That's the old model. No, because today you want someone that's got, um, that, that's kind of an old technique. It's evolved since then. Uh-huh. But that's how you're progressive and you're, you're seeing different things. I would easily, I always been... Uh, a fan of hiring someone that's had been through so basically that's kind of a outdated thing now like today people want people that have worked somewhere two or three because then they're progressing they're growing they're expanding they're ambitious right so then uh-huh. they're, they're they've been in different companies so they're seeing different business models they're in business culture so they're coming to me with a portfolio and i want that person because they're not just seeing one behavior at this company they've seen a lot so that diversity that generates more innovative ideas that that contributes to uh, diversity of thought diversity of ideas you know and they've seen a lot of different things so that person that mix is going to be attractive and we want someone that's seen a lot of different things a lot of the companies are moving towards that if you want that person like oh i want that person to stay like i want someone that's been in a role for 10 years then go work find a government job <laughs> you know what I mean? no well how jobs are those kind of like non-progressing you find that company that doesn't know what a hot hashtag is <laughs> well no what i'm saying is that how do you how do you weed out someone who's you know applied and then probably only going to stay with you for like six months to a year after that the person quit then now you're like looking for another applicant or another employee. Yeah, so I you're back to square person. one. I want that person to grow. So they want them to grow and expand so that I can get the next thirsty and ambitious person that wants this role because no, I'm know, sa- there's, talent ev- there's talent everywhere. No, I'm saying as a company, let's say you own a company and then I said, oh, and then you see that, hey, I'm, I'm moving around every two years. You know, I mean, you're saying that you like me. What happens after two years? I move on because I found something better. It's than- okay because you're going to, yeah, I can replace you with another star. That's, well, that's how Ben says, like, people don't hang on to talent. They just, there, there's some companies that are, they want that loyalty. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's just like, people are replaceable. So mm-hmm. it's just like, you know. Well, so, everyone is expendable. You know what I mean? Is that the yeah, word? 100%. Expendable? So, yeah. So, so I would to the i'm just saying the world today i'm talking about real mm-hmm. time right now mm-hmm. that's why i'm educating you know i'm learning from you you're learning from me on mm-hmm. this um, podcast but that's and i could send links on mm-hmm. on on how mm-hmm. that we've made the shift we've made a tremendous changes and we're having a change right now again mm-hmm. life's at home 
we're in this pandemic and like people are having to, again, yeah. to shift in a new direction and, and companies, there's something, some companies are more progressive and forward thinking and some people are still acting their old ways. So you want to, you know, you could find that match if you're that person that just wants to do that same job that you've been doing for 10 years with the same role and just want to clock in and out. There's definitely companies that just want those type of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Depend. Yeah. I guess it depends on yeah. what fits the company, yeah. you know, what's going to work yeah. for and that company. I, I think, yeah. And for me, I'm coming from a seat. I've always been leading edge and, and that's been my environment and I crave that that's my sport and hobby. So I'm attracted and drawn to that because today speed is so speed is king. Speed is king. Like the world in the, is moving and evolving yeah, at such all an the increasingly time. rapid rate. Mm -hmm. Companies are begging for ideas from their employees and for their teams mm -hmm. because they want they want to hear your voices. I'm yeah. saying some of them maybe not if you have it depends on who the leader is, but we're like, okay, we've been doing it this way and it this way is not working because the market shift and the world shift. And so what are some new new ideas we could do something faster and affordable, you know, or hey, we'll, we'll invest and we'll spend the money so long as we see some, you know, some long-term benefits. Well, he, here's the thing, you know, we've been talking about this, like, you know, hey, there's still companies that think this way and then there's other companies that think the other way. Well, the the business culture, you know, within the organization, sometimes, you know, getting to, you know, getting the CEO or the top management to move with you and flow with you and, you know what I mean? It's It's hard to change that mindset especially if the CEO is like, it's got like a little ego going on. You know what I'm talking about? Trying to convince them, hey, we can't, you know, it would be more productive if we go this route rather than your suggestions. So sometimes just changing that, it's hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm talking well, about? That's why, that's why a lot, there's a board, there's a board, there's, you know, there's the leadership team. And so it's not all, it's like, it has to be like truly collective you know, a collective and collaborative. Well, yeah. Or you just, or you just have the leader that's just the total child and, you know, and you've dealt, you've dealt with a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they you've don't dealt with a lot of those. So it's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, for a good leader, you want to have a good following. Now it's all about what people are talking about today. It's all about the general character traits that they're teaching in kindergarten school, respect for another you know, empathy, compassion, you know, listening, like kindness. And you, the, the, a lot of these leaders are being trained to those. It should be, those are life because, because skills and character traits and they're having to relearn it because they're, they're children. Well, no, no, no. Mom. Well, it's, well, okay. I know what you mean by children. I mean, not literally, you're talking about their, their mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, well, they're acting like children. Well, Jen, what happened is that when a person is so it's successful, it's the ego. And, you know, yeah, and when, when the they're successful and they're at that level, you know, like president, vice president or CEOs, obviously they move to, you know, to the upper rank where then comes with it is the ego. And then they're in another level of, you know, thinking, you know what I'm talking about? They don't want to be told, hey, this is what's going to help us. They actually want to be the one that's telling you how it should be. But in order for any business to thrive with this ever-changing, um, you know, market we are in, you know, in business, you always have to be adapting and evolving and listening to the people that you work with. Because if you're not listening to other people's ideas and you're only taking and you only want your own idea to, you know, to be whatever there, then it's not going to work. That's why the collaboration is important. 
right? And yeah, and they have to be aware that it's business is a people sport. Yeah. Finishing up with the vetting, you know, um, ask a lot of questions because like what my, you know, like what Jenna said, imposters, there's a lot of imposters out there. Normally, even with me, Jen, when I hire someone, I looked at their background and their experience and then I asked them a lot of questions. And then even with that, sometimes I'll give them a test to see if this is the right person. Yeah, you have to have little assessments, especially if it's critical to their job. My God, engineering, like that's like, there's a lot of engineering, software engineering tests. And then, you know, even for a trade like painting or, you know, there's going to be assessments and tests for sure. There's certain roles that, that it's, you know, it's super crucial. Uh Uh-huh. And then um, going back to, because like we're now um, going to like uh, in business, there's code of ethics, right? And you mentioned something about, being, you know, you know, having empathy, compassion. Part of this uh, stuff that I know too is like building trust within the organization, you know, the people that works with you. You know, you have to build trust. Well, how do you build trust and credibility? Well, Well, that's a challenge. Like they're having people are going to, some businesses are offering seminars or hiring coaches to to get them trained on, Mm -hmm. you know, let's get back to how we build trust. What about team building? Team building is a big thing, right? Because if you, if you can't work with your coworkers, then the culture within that company or organization, you guys are, I mean, it's not going to be productive. I've been in one of those. Everyone's trying to bring the human humanity and human back to all, all business and in the world, you know, it's just humanity is, but not everyone is on board right away, Jen. I mean, not everyone I, is on. No, I'm telling you, not yeah. everyone's not on board. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, not a, not everyone's on board. But the lucky, I mean, the lucky thing about me is that um, when I used to work at the hospital, you know, they obviously we had um, we had um, what do you call this? Like a meeting, you know, once a week where we're trying to uh, do team building and trusting and respect, da, 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 you know what I mean? But some of these small yeah. companies, they don't have that, and especially sometimes like, you know, mom and pops uh, kind of business. It's just basically they're like just running the company. And sometimes they wonder why, why people works for them. It's like fighting, you know, or sometimes uh, yeah. in, in my company, I was like, okay, be respectful of each other. Um, you know, hopefully there's no jealousy because can you imagine if I have two employees like, oh, he's getting more work. Oh, no, yeah, he's getting more. I it's know. like I don't want to micromanage. Small teams. Yeah. It's like I don't want to I don't want to micromanage those kind of people. I shouldn't have to, you know. We're all adults here. Let's act like adults. <laughs> for me, it's like respect. I remember working for a big organization where my coworker and we were literally in this one office every day, Monday to Friday. And she's just got this personality that one day she's likable. The other days, if you have a disagreement with her or an argument with her, she's going to make your life a living hell. Oh, man, her personality, her personality, huh? Yes. So that's what you call a difficult coworker. (laughs) Yes. And then to a point where she's keeping a tab of where everyone is, you know, how long they take for lunch, as well as whether you're late or not. And so she's like policing the whole room. And there's four of us that's supposed to work together and collaborate. So there's always like fights in this uh, office, you know, like, yeah, yeah, she's fighting with my other coworker. And then the other one is getting offended by her. And then I'm trying to stay neutral. It was so hard. 
Yeah, it's challenging. Yeah. yeah. And then, you again, it's like her ego, whatever's happening with her at home. Um, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's, it's also about in these new roles and what they're talking about today is bringing your, you know, your full yeah. self, your whole self to work. Now, you know, that's kind of been a, a buzzword type thing the past couple of years. Like, bring your full self to work. Like, we want to know all, you know, all you. And we understand you have life and things going on outside your you know, our company and our business and people uh-huh. are more open to and, and understanding yeah. of that, you know, so, yeah. but, um, and yeah, then, there's going to be difficult managers, teachers, coaches, yeah. um, leaders, managers, directors. Well, the you know, complex. <laughs> well, this is what I learned from working, you know, for so many companies. They, they basically set the tone of how the organization should, um, work right and how the employees should work together yeah so if the culture's um if the culture's in the gutter you have to look to the leaders that's on the leaders that's on them so they're you know what i mean so that's something they've set the tone and then you know the next level managers are are mirroring or acting the way the leaders are and then that trickles down yes i have disgruntled employees and Uh uh-huh you know, and then the leaders, it's their responsibility to get ahead of that and have yeah. it handled. Well, they have to lead by example. So that way, if yes. your employees, exactly. yeah, if your employee sees that, hey, you're a good leader and, you know, management on the top is also, uh, they, they, you know, everyone basically have to be held accountable for their actions yes. and what they're, you know, mm-hmm. of what they're. Yeah. And that's, sent- and a lot of times that's, a, that's some of the companies, that's some of their their values like hey our culture here mm-hmm. our culture our culture style is we hold everyone people need to be accountable mm-hmm. and so as an individual and in responsibility and then in your job function and your role and then it, you're leading you're leading teams exactly yeah exactly none of this, none of this finger pointing because that happens a lot too oh yeah that happens a lot yeah. then it becomes and you know that it's like, become yeah. toxic and then your environment you feel like yeah you feel like you're in elementary school it's like okay we're all adults here and why are, where's the adult behavior? I remember one of my, uh, one of the company I worked for, they, you know, one of the stuff they talked about is conflict of interest. Look, you mm-hmm. can't, you know, you, you need to avoid that. You know what I mean? Where you're, let's say, um, using stuff that you shouldn't be using because yeah. it's only supposed to be for work and business. Now, once you use it, then it will set a tone that, and if they allow it to happen like that, then everyone's going to be using company stuff when they shouldn't be using it right so those are stuff should be laid out from the get-go so that way there's no confusion when you hire someone let's say whether it's an employee or not this is you you have to set the tone you know so that way you're sometimes there's an employee handbook or a pamphlet or like hey find it online you know, this is like, we well, obviously small companies doesn't have those, but the big corporate yeah. ones do. So that's why but I'm the small companies can make them too. It could just be like, Hey, here's our sheet. That's true. These are some things that, um, we hold people accountable. So it, it doesn't have to be a full on handbook. It just, I'm sure everything is online anyways, or electronic or digital. So it's just like, this is where you'll find, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, our, our employee handbook. It could still be called that. Um, so that yeah, way everything is sl- that and then and then it should be like transparent open communication and then open door like people your your employees should feel comfortable approaching you and yeah and you know and, and just let them know like their voice matters we want you we see you we hear you we support you and or even um, like even like whenever there's a meeting too you know everyone should have a voice you know like in my house yeah. even little gabby who's only what very little 
I don't want to say her age. She's, she is very little. <laughs> but ever since she even, no you know, yeah, ever since she's like, what? She's in her first decade of life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so even when she was very little, like, you know, four years old, she, you know, I told the teenagers and I told mine, look, just because Gabby is only four doesn't mean you guys shouldn't listen to her. Everyone in that, in this household should have a voice. So they don't get frustrated. They don't get mad, you know. She's a human being too. Yeah, exactly. So if she needs to voice out something, whether it makes sense or not, let's give her the podium. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, and then oh, wow. the, that ki- that kind that kind of gives her you know it's it's almost like you know me giving her uh, you know empowering her to be a whole person too because I don't want her to yeah. feel like no one's listening to me you know what I mean right. and yeah. that's what you want to s- do for your business too where everyone have like what you said open yeah. communication everyone should have a voice and and working together so that way the company and, will and run everyone smooth. shouldn't feel intimidated and mm-hmm. people shouldn't be fearful to speak up. Yeah, or afraid, you know, like like I touched on last ep- or last session. Um, it was um psychological safety. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm very I'm very interested in in that. That's just that, and, that needs to be talked about more, and it needs to be actually in place. Like, I think we need to move to that because there's just too much of, you know, because that, that I mean that just adds to um, um volatile work environment, like the environment, you know, like unhealthy work environment. Well, that's how people are just, you know, if your leader's leading by, you know, their intimidation and fear, that is not then, then your turnover, Uh you're going to have a lot of turnover, right? Mm -hmm. When, when, when also it's not, you're, you're, you're disrupting your employees, um, emotional health and mental health and that, and then they're not going to perform well if they're, working in your company in well, fear. Well, Jen, that's how you can tell an organization or a company if the management is doing the right thing or not. Because if the high if the turnover is high, that means there's a you know, there's a problem within that of organization. Course, yeah. That's yes, how yes, you can yes. tell, you know, if mm-hmm. the turnover is high. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. But anyways, it's been a while, okay, girl. Yeah. Yeah, so well, we're I, gonna have to. Yeah, thank you again. We're gonna we're reaching the end of this, folks. And again, this is Jen Jaro uh, and Mary, and we're gonna see you in two weeks at Mary and okay, Apologetic enjoy your Week, everyone. Okay, enjoy let your me. Week, everyone. Thank you again, Mary. No problem. Let me play my uh, music here. Your exit music. <laughs> yep. <laughs>